0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Powerpoint Podcast. I'm James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Um, really excited today. Um, have a new guest on the show, um, and it's always great when we have new guests on the show. Get to hear new stories and meet new people. It's fantastic, uh, and I'm delighted to welcome uh, my my friend Cat uh, to the show today.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me, James. This is so f- much fun. I love podcasts, so this is great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm excited to hear your story and uh it's yeah, it's really great to have you here. Uh, lots of interactions on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. yes. um and um, yes, cat is cat with the cards on mm-hmm. Twitter and in so and in online spaces. Yep. Um in case you don't know. Uh so um yeah, um I'm excited to have you here.
1: Thank you. Yeah. um, Cat with the Cards came from me constantly showing up uh, when I first began tarot about three and a half years ago, uh, showing up in my uh, friendship, uh, spaces with cards in my purse and, you know, they were getting as curious about it as I was. And so <laughs> I just started whipping them out everywhere I went. And so, uh, everyone in the South was always like, Oh, is cat with the cards. And I'm, I decided to just run with it for my, when I made my Instagram, which was a little over a year ago now, cause I, I practiced, um, which I mean, I still of course do for myself privately, but, um, I practiced privately for mm, I guess about a year and a half, uh, two years. And then when I lost my full-time job due to COVID uh, last June, I decided uh, so many people have been asking me like, hey, you know, you really have a gift for this. I think that you should make your services available. And um, so I just went with it. And that's the name I got.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. It's a great name. It really is. Um, I love it. So, um, yeah. So tell us a bit of, Tell us your story um, how Absolutely. you got here.
1: Well, um, I'm 28 and based uh, in PA right now, uh, Bucks County. I'm hopefully moving to Philadelphia. Um, I'm uh, bisexual and non-binary. Uh, I use they, she pronouns. Uh, I'm dating a uh, wonderful, uh, my wonderful partner, Ren, who is um, part of a music group called Forever, and uh, she's incredible. So we are hoping to move to Philly, and my dream is to expand my tarot business, eventually get an LLC, and uh, you know, kind of make it more of a full time thing, along with all my musical endeavors. Um, I have two music degrees; um, my master's is in choral conducting. And so, um, there's a lot of English choral works, James, that I am very familiar with, and <laughs> that you may have heard a lot growing up in the church. And I uh, probably, you know, honked out a time or two.
0: <laughs> yeah, I but, was a chorister. I was a chorister. Were
1: you? So, oh, I yeah. love it. What was your favorite? Did you have a favorite? Are I don't remember. remember. It
0: was. It was thirty years ago now. I can't. I can't remember. Oh, we did uh, we did the Messiah once, I think.
1: Oh um, yes, yes, that was the big amazing. Christmas yeah, that. extravaganza. Yeah. yeah, I've done the I've done the Messiah. That one will take you on a ride. You'll get uh, you'll get a workout. You'll get worn out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I grew up uh, out here in PA, and I moved here when I was eight. And, um, you know, I grew up in the church, um, as a lot of kids in the early nineties did, but, um, it was a little bit more laid back at that point, but my parents decided to homeschool me, um, not just for religious reasons. I actually found out later, but, um, they also were moving around a lot. Um, my dad was in the oil business at the time. So it just kind of was a little easier for them that way. And so I was an only child and very lonely. Um, my mom tried to keep me active, but, uh, Yeah, I just really wanted friends and was kind of tired of being picked on for being homeschooled and like the odd one out. And like I couldn't do things like celebrate Halloween or listen to, you know, Britney Spears. Like there were all these things, these restrictions that I had put on me from a very young age that I didn't really like my parents would kind of explain, but I didn't really understand. So I was so relieved when we moved here because we got very quickly involved with a church that um, was... Um, very heavily evangelical. Um, It was basically um, a cult. (laughs) It was non-denominational, but it was definitely a cult. And it was the teachings that they um, ran with were by a man named Bill Gothard, who, uh, for those of you listening, if you're not familiar, he's basically the man behind uh, the Duggar family, the 19 Kids and Counting um, show. And all of his methodologies and teachings are what families like that Um, follow. And it's extremely patriarchal and abusive and just not great. So I got involved in a church that had a ton of families that subscribed to that who were all homeschooled. And I was just so excited to finally feel like I was not the odd one out. And I then spent the rest of my adolescent years and high school years doing everything I could to fit into that mold that they had told me I needed to be. And, you know, like I was, as a child, actually very naturally gender fluid. Um, when I go back to um, looking at videos and pictures of me before that time, I realized very quickly, like the way that I chose to dress myself, cause I had a little bit more agency when I was younger, ironically, than I did when I was older. But I, you know, I, I looked at those videos of me and I, in pictures and I cried, I was like, wow, like you could see that I made those choices. And that's how I most, naturally felt like expressing myself and so all of that gets repressed from like the ages of 8 to 18 and that'll screw anybody up and um I went through mm-hmm. a lot of um trauma and uh just a lot of things went on in that church but so then I was desperate to go to college really anywhere else by the end of it and I did choose a Christian private Christian liberal arts school but it was ironically more open minded than what I was um Raised in, um, and there were, you know, a lot of different professors and teachers and uh, friends that were all from different backgrounds, mostly religious ones, but not always. And I just started to meet other people outside of my bubble from more walks of life and began to be able to question some of that a little bit more. And um, during that time, I actually figured out I was bisexual, but I was. Um, Really, not prepared to deal with it and kind of just like ignored it because I was in a relationship with um, a man who's also bi, actually, we're still good friends, but for most of college. And so I just kind of was like, all right, I'm going to fit this very patriarchal, cisgender like, we'll date all through college, we'll be pure, we won't, you know, we'll get engaged and have the picket white fence and the whole thing. And then I started to realize this isn't really what I want. Um, And he was starting to realize that we were doing a lot of things. Based off the pressure from others. And so we decided to break up, kind of, we're like, we'll revisit this. You know, you go to grad school and we'll stay in touch and see what happens. So I go to grad school in Mississippi, and it was the first completely secular environment I'd ever been in. Um, And that was a good thing, but also sometimes a bad thing. I definitely overindulged in behaviors that weren't. I thought were me choosing for myself, but it was really just another way of trying to fit into another mold. You know, like I was just, I had been taught to go outside of myself for everything, for every choice, every, um, you know, I couldn't, I had no concept of the word intuition, boundaries, any of that, what that meant, um, how to even access it in, in my body. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that, I know you resonate with that too.
0: <laughs> absolutely, you can tell the tone of my voice. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, that that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and
1: so I, I really just kind of threw myself into my grad program and was determined to come out on top and, you know, be the, the You know, get my doctorate before I was thirty and like teach in all these academic environments and do my thing. And then I leave the grad. Graduate program, and I take a full time job at a church in um, Mississippi on the Gulf Coast. It was um, full time, so I had four children's choirs of varying ages, a private voice studio, and then I led Sunday worship and um, also had my adult sanctuary choir. And you know, I came into literally the month that I accepted this job, the first day of work, my grandmother died. Um, and that just set Thank off you, a man. chain, yeah, a chain of events for the rest of that year. I also that same year was offered the contract. Um, I knew that the pastor was affirming um, he's an incredible man of faith that I'm still very close to. He's no longer at that church either, but um I never told him at the time about my you know gender identity or <clears throat> excuse me my sexuality because I didn't want to put him in that situation. Um, of having to withhold that, but the church was multi generational. Um, there were a lot of, um, there were a lot of conflicts that went on between the families, and it was like half the church loved me, so then all the other half of the church didn't because the other families liked me and they didn't like that. You know, so I got put in the middle of a lot of things that I didn't. I, I I'm not surprised. I grew up in the church, and I'm southern. Um, my family's southern. I know how it works, but I was a newcomer to them, and. You know, it was a very broken but also beautiful time, and I wouldn't have changed what I went through for anything. But literally that month that I get offered the contract, um, they pretty much had a "don't ask, don't tell" policy when it came to your sexuality. They just kind of looked at me and assumed, "Oh, you know, cute white girl. She's probably straight and cis." and went on with their day. So I was like, well, they didn't ask. And I had just gotten into my first relationship with a woman, like in my entire life, like official, you know, girlfriend and all this stuff. And I was like, whatever, you know, I commute here. They'll never see her. I'm just, I can make this work. But then um, during that same year, the schism happened in the Methodist church where, you know, a bunch of them broke away um, because they, wanted to have affirming pastors and LGBTQ plus clergy and, you know, all this stuff. And um, you know, a lot the majority of the Methodist church voted against that. And my church was one of those that voted against it. And, you know, they're cheering and I'm serving them communion on the Sunday that they're all rejoicing in the fact that I can't marry a woman if I wished In the side of God or the universe or whoever, in front of a man of faith that I greatly love and respect, and I serve you, I was sitting there, I was like, you know, I've done everything right. I've I've done the nine to five capitalistic work, music business stuff, I've done the serving children, I've done like everything that I was told I was supposed to do. Get the degree by this age, do all this. And I'm sitting here completely traumatized from you know, my body's manifesting kidney stones out of stress. I had um, a traumatic ordeal with a police officer that abused me and was actually thrown in jail um, against my will. It was not my fault. And my church actually had to bail me out. And there was a whole lawsuit. And thankfully, I will say they rallied behind me so hard during that period and I'll forever be grateful. But I was dealing with all this PTSD and all of this in the midst of hiding the entirety of who i am every day. You know, and teaching kids who are clearly closeted um and i'm still in touch with a few of them and that's why one of the things that i know i'm like if nothing else i was meant to go there to help those kids, but i just was like i'm i'm sitting here offering y'all communion and you're taking the cup from me and like i'm giving i'm giving to you and you are rejoicing in the fact that someone like me is not welcome in your space. And in that moment i was just like, you know, i'm not I'm not doing this anymore, like enough is enough. And so I began looking for new jobs and during that time was when Tarot came into the picture, um my cousin. That I was very close to, and who had also been drawn to the more witchy side of things since we were children, um, even though we weren't supposed to be, <laughs> she had reconnected with me that year, and it was such a saving grace. And my relationship had ended, and all these other things, and she's like, "Can I give you a tarot reading?" Um, I would just love to, as like an act of love. Just it's something that's really helped me with my own self reflection. I said, "You know, sure." Um, I had started kind of just seeing things on the internet, you know, it was becoming a little bit more publicly prevalent and was curious. And so she did it and she pulled the High Priestess card, um, which is a card that often um, reminds you, if it comes out upright, it's usually a sign that your intuition is correct and that you can trust the decisions or the emotions that you're feeling. Um, If it comes out in the reverse, it depends on what other things are going on in the spread, but usually it'll be an indicator of like, hey, you're either not cluing into your intuition, you're not taking time to do that, or you need to reframe this somehow or come back to this, you know, things like that. So anyway, I I really liked it because she gave me the reading, but I also felt like I had a lot of agency over what was happening instead of things just being told to me. And like, these are the like 12 steps to righteousness or, you know, the whatever things that I was used to hearing. And um. So from there, I went to a witch shop in my town, and I came to find out that the woman that ran it, um, it was one of the few safe spaces that in the yoga studio I attended at the time, where I felt like I could actually be myself and not worry about being judged, and it didn't matter what I was wearing, or if I had a tattoo, or you know, if my girlfriend came with me, any of those things. And um, the lady that owned the shop was actually a former um, pastor's wife. Was a lesbian had hid it for years, had denied herself and her body for years. Her her testimony, her story is really incredible. Um, but she had started a church for affirming, um, you know, in the people in the queer community in Mississippi, and that was huge. I mean, for that area, and she had that shop even with all the protests and things. And I became to I started going to her shop for readings. And um, I picked up my first crystals there and just started to kind of learn more about other ways to create sacred space for myself. And I began to realize very quickly, like, wow, I've looked for this outside of myself. Tarot is a way for me to have a tool to be still. I have to sit still with my body. I have to really consciously be present and look at these images and the sensations that I'm feeling and the thoughts that I'm having. And it really just required me to clue into myself instead of external sources in a way I've never done before. And from there, it just took off. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Um, yeah. and I've, I've had a lot of people share their stories on this show and it's always a privilege to hear it. Oh, thank uh, yeah. you. And um, what's funny is that, that although every story is unique and different, that there's uh, there's always things that tie them together, and there's always things that are very different. And um, uh-huh. yeah, it, it's just it just fascinates me that 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 often what we what we find is is true is is outside of the things <laughs> that are meant to tell us that, that yeah, yeah, that tell us that they're true. All these kind of structures that that you know that capitalism and consumerism and, and all of oh that yeah absolutely up. i mean like, i was just, I mean, was just I mean, distracting myself I mean, in I mean, every way but the reality is it's much bigger and wider and oh, um,
1: absolutely and i even yeah. made actually when i first so i've had my tarot account I think, for a little over a year and um one of the revelations that I had as I was running, it was funny because once I made my Instagram, that was when more people, because I will say the people that I had as friends in Mississippi at that point, and they're still very close to, were very much people that I fully trusted that were queer like me. Um, So that was definitely one safe space that I had. So I felt comfortable around them to question, and we were all kind of questioning together at the same time. And I had the privilege and the luxury of having that around me, and not everyone does. But I made this realization, um, a couple different ones. But one of the re- things that, like, I was trying to learn how to do with tarot was to trust my own inner guidance more and give myself permission to, you know, trust my decisions and actually take up space in a room, in my ideas, in my opinions, in my life choices, and. I realized I was like, you know, I think ex-evangelicals um, struggle with this more than most people sometimes in their own way. and I realized that that was because we I, I remember being very specifically raised with um, this motto being, it may even be a Bible verse, but it was just drilled into me of um, he meaning God, he must increase while I must decrease.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: You're supposed to, and I was like, you know, to me, and I said this on my Instagram, I was like, to me, that's the very definition of being unequally yoked. Give yourself permission to fill up to your full capacity. But, you know, we don't realize how many times a day in such subtle ways we were given these signals and messages to like shrink ourselves spiritually um, and think that we were giving God all this space to work in our lives, but actually like that's really not how it works. But I also think that um, or I think that evangelicals get really triggered by tarot. Quite frankly, because anything that requires you to go inward and seek yourself is dangerous to them, because that's when people yeah. really tune into themselves and they start choosing themselves and not the system or the authority figure or you know so on and so forth. And that's a threat to them.
0: Absolutely, it's mystery, it's uncertainty, it's the unknown.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's something they
0: can't control, or that nobody can control. Yeah,
1: look at 2020. Um, <laughs> that was yeah, nothing uh, but the Yeah, unknown. exactly right.
0: And 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 when that happens, people who are in religious certainty, whether it's progressive or whether it's whether it's conservative, whatever, um, either, um, they can't deal with that. So they have to kind of try and find a way to, you know, kind of box that up. Uh, exactly um and you know i was talking about this like with with yoga um is, is something is, is something similar it's kind of and i feel like a lot of these things are connected like embodiment yoga oh absolutely hero, and you know there's a lot of other things i mean i could i've got i could talk for ages about it but there's so many things which are connected everything's connected but a lot of these things we talk about um are connected and like and i you know i remember being like i said in a in a home group talking about yoga um, uh-huh. um and um <laughs> just because i just done a podcast um talking to uh, somebody who um who is a christian um or a jesus follower and uh-huh. also in, uh, but in, but involves that in their yoga and uses kind of liturgy and and, and even scripture to as kind of yoga meditations uh-huh. and and so my eyes were kind of opening to what yoga was this is what six years ago seven years ago right and um <laughs> yeah i just got this phone back in my face that it was the devil it was evil it was like evil spirits it was demonic it was very dangerous you know that i shouldn't get involved in it and i don't even bother having a conversation um, really right. i didn't really get into because i didn't because their minds were made up and these were these are good kind loving people they were very intelligent people. Well-educated people, um, but this is what they believed, and because they were kind of in this kind of system of certainty, where anything that kind of doesn't fit is just given that label. So, yeah, you know, exactly. Tara, get, Tara gets the same label. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had a, I had somebody DM me once, a, a kind of evangelical Christian. Who'd somehow heard my podcast on on with with where I'd had somebody read uh, do tarot readings and kind of got angry about it and kind of wanted me to know um, <laughs> that I, I couldn't call myself a spiritual podcast or you know, even a remotely Christian or Jesus related podcast with with that kind of thing. <laughs> it was like, and I, I didn't even it didn't it didn't affect me at all. I was just I just kind of laughed it off. Because, it is uh,
1: so. Interesting how people get incredibly triggered by people choosing something for themselves and not even like I had. Um, I've been pretty lucky that most of my friend group, again, like I said, has either been deconstructing with me along the way or were already queer and in you know communities outside of what I knew, so I've been very, very blessed that way. But I had a few like. I can definitely tell you I've had one or two friends that I really thought I would never lose um, over anything like had been through there through the ups, the downs. uh, We've even had ugly fights with each other, things like that. We'd always worked it out. You know, we'd always communicated openly and that's how we got through it. But I made my tarot account and it, I have a personal account, um, where I also like sometimes do music stuff with my partner because we have a single out and an EP that we've been working on. So I kind of keep it for the more that in my personal life. And then, um, my cat with the cards account was just a way at the time. It was kind of like just a side hustle. And I was like, you know, I'm enjoying this and like, I'm unemployed. Like, let's just see what happens. And I was, um, sharing it on my close friend's story on my personal page of like people, cause like I didn't want, I had left my church job by this point. I was back in PA, but I really was like terrified to have any of them see it. And like, you know, rumors go around cause I've actually always been the black sheep, which is funny. Like, because even in my, when I was at my most closeted and narrow minded, I still have always been a very inquisitive person and often ask questions. Others were afraid to ask. Um, <laughs> So I was kind of labeled that early on, and be was considered a troublemaker, even though I was generally just trying to understand, you know. And so I've always been very like hypersensitive to that. So I was like, let me just keep it safe on my close friend's story to the people that I know wouldn't judge me. And so I would sometimes like share things over there on my close friend's story, but I never once. I never solicited anybody. Like, if you have people in your DMs that are like, you need a tarot reading, you need a like that, those are scammers. And they give, you know, there's scammers in every field of business, and they certainly give us a bad name. But I found that everybody that's always wanted to work with me was drawn to me naturally. And I didn't like, of course, you know, they'd see this stuff that I'm outputting, but they just saw me living my life in a way that best suited me. And they were like, I want to figure out how to make my life suit me like i'm deconstructing because most of the people that are my clients now are all people who have come from some sort of church background i've just naturally attracted those because i i'm something that they understand and they're like especially people that knew me years back they're like wow like you are you but you're more you than you've ever been and you seem you know so much more equipped to handle your life and coping things or whatever so like i want to learn but i had one of my dearest friends and I'd never, I knew that it wasn't, she was deconstructing, but she was definitely very afraid of anything that resembled pagan spirituality, occult, whatever. And um, I really, but she'd always been very open-minded and we'd had lots of discussions together about different things like that. So I didn't think anything of it. I never, but I didn't think, oh, she'd ever want a reading. I was like, but that's fine. Like she does her thing. I'm over here doing mine. Like we had a lot of other things like common. So I was like, oh, this you know, we're still friends. Well, I start not hearing from her for a long time. And then finally, one day, I was just like, you know, this isn't like you. Like, I haven't heard from you. Is everything okay? And I get hit with like this whole thing of like, look, I love you and I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. But like, it really freaks me out that you're like working with stuff that has like a devil card and blah, 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 blah. And like, I'm just really worried and I really don't want to be associated with that stuff. And I had to stop her and be like, okay, first of all, you've made a lot of grandiose assumptions without ever once coming to me and asking me. And this is what a lot of um, ex-evangelicals or evangelicals do because we're not taught to trust ourselves with trying things or our own decisions. We're only trust, trusted to stay in this mold, right? So it doesn't even occur to us that maybe you know maybe you don't think tarot is a good thing, but have you ever actually like gone to someone who does it and Ask them to give you a reading or ask them questions or because and formulated your own opinion? Like probably not, you know, like I certainly didn't for years. I was totally one of those people that was like, Ugh, you're of the devil if you do tarot, and was like super snotty about it. And so I like I know what it's like. I was them, you know, but I was so Surprised that me over here, not even talking to her about what I was doing on the side, like minding my own business, that she had been like stewing about this for like several months. And you know, and she wasn't cruel or malicious like a lot of people, but I said to her, I was like, I'm really hurt that after this many years, you wouldn't come to me and ask and try to understand. And like, you've just made a lot of bold assumptions about something that you really know nothing about. And I wish that you had come to me. Earlier, And I've had several, I've had other people completely like you had denounce you off the bat, and there's just no use even having a discussion. But it it has. It's been so fascinating to see how some of my relationships have strengthened, some have gone away. And even now, like, for instance, she said the thing about the devil card. One of the biggest stigmas, I think, for Christians about that is the fact that there is a devil card in tarot. And the devil card is supposed to represent ways that you may not... um, you may be giving into destructive patterns or mindsets or someone else in your life is doing them and it's affecting you like for instance like if i'm doing a reading on my family and the devil card comes out i'm probably assuming it has something to do with my relationship with my dad because my dad has very destructive habits that negatively hurt they hurt more than just him you know so it's kind of like more of a reminder of hey your actions may not be good for you or maybe hurting someone else so let's see or you may be caught in this cycle of thinking about yourself or these kind of same relationships. So let's try to f- unpack that and figure out where to go from here. It's not calling in Satan and whatever. And you know, look, there are other paths of spirituality where people do um, do deity worship and other aspects of that. And I definitely know that there are more. I'm somebody who's definitely on the beginning path of becoming a medium. I've always had natural abilities to connect with people who have passed on since I was a child, and I repressed them for many years, and I'm starting to kind of study up on it. But it's just like with everything else, you have to set boundaries, you have to know, this is where I'm comfortable engaging, studying, contacting, you know, other people or whoever, and then also being like, you know what, this p- particular area is not for me and that's fine, but you don't have to make it a personal crusade. You know what I mean? Like as long as it's not hurting any marginalized communities or, you know, like race, like uh, obviously that's a whole different discussion, but it's just, I really don't get why people, I mean, I do, cause I was was one of them, but it's just amazing to me how people can't just let people be. <laughs> and I've really come yeah. to- People have started to have a lot of opinions and assumptions about my life that I literally had no clue that they were having. And, um, but also I've, so I started doing the tarot and, you know, at first it was just random clients. And then I started getting some regulars that would come back through periodically, um, or when they had big life decisions to make. But also what I love about doing readings for people, at least my style is the decision is always up to them. I can present them with here is what's going on, here are some factors you may not be aware of, here's some ways you might tend to react or someone else might, here's how you can deal with that if you choose to, but it's always up to that person how they're going to take that information that's given to them and how they're going to use it and they can t- always take it or leave it and a lot of readers, you know, operate that way, but I started to attract this clientele of tons of people from my undergrad, actually. Even it's funny, some of them I was not close to at all in undergrad, or we didn't even have the best relationship, maybe in undergrad, but they've changed a lot and evolved as well. And we're like, I'm seeking, I miss having a sacred space for myself. I miss, like, I want to find my own spiritual practice. And they were very fascinated watching me find spiritual practices because I have other ones besides tarot. That work for me and help me embody myself and communicate with my needs and my body and others. And so now, aside from the tarot, I often um, meet with people, you know, weekly, monthly, whatever really works for our schedules and finances, where I walk through, like, I'll have someone they'll come to me and be like, So I've left the church and I don't even know where to start. And it's not, I'm not a guru, it's not my job to say, Okay. Now, you have to do tarot this many times a week and do this thing and this spell. It's okay. Why don't you get on FaceTime with me and let me hear about you? Let me learn about you. If you want me to pull some cards for you, I can, but I don't always. And let's do some mindfulness techniques together. Let's breathe. I have sound healing bowls. That's another thing I do. So I, you know, I kind of bring them into this meditative state and then. We talk and I'm like, okay, have you been naturally drawn to something for a long time? Like, you know, a lot of people have repressed spiritual desires that they have smothered because of society or religion or whatever, or just even trauma sometimes. And so my job is to help them uncover what they're naturally attuned and drawn to. And then if it's areas that I have experience in, I will either help facilitate that space and help them with it or... I will direct them to someone who is more qualified to do that than me. Um, but that's something that just kind of like one day someone hit me up and said, Would you ever just get on FaceTime with me and talk about spirituality and like kind of help me find a starting point? And I was like, Oh, yeah, because I did I had some help with that, like people like Jamie, you know, Jamie Lee Finch. Like I had her book and that she was one of the first people wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. yeah, and she's my embodiment coach now, which is so great. And she's been
0: she's my embodiment coach as well. Yeah, Uh, so she's been more helpful than
1: a therapist, to be honest. Because with therapy, although my therapists were great, because of all the evangelical stuff I had, there was a certain wall that I hit with everybody. You know, there was like (laughs) this: this can only go so far because you now do not understand because you haven't been through it, and you're not really equipped with the tools to help me unwind some of this other stuff. So I think that's why people have been drawn to me as well. I don't have as many years of experience as her, and I'm certainly not going to like elevate myself to that status. I have so much more to learn, but my goal eventually is full-time tarot, sound healing business, but also not just ex-evangelicals, but that does seem to be my main line of clientele that's drawn to me. But just to help people figure out how they want their sacred space and spirituality to look for them and point them towards resources that, and especially like I've had people, you know, I've had clients that come from completely different ethnic backgrounds than me that I'm not necessarily equipped to teach them certain things. Like maybe they really want to get involved in like the magic or the ritual of their ancestors and it's not really my lane to be in, but I at least can give them like, Hey, I know these things Let's figure out what you actually want to do. Okay, now I'm going to redirect you to this person who's actually raised in that tradition who can actually teach you because that's the point. Spirituality is supposed to be these concentric circles. No one is supposed to be the be-all and end-all. No one is supposed to be the guru. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's, you know, and if I did that, I would be literally no better than the fundamentalism that I left. I would be no better than the purity culture that dictated my every move and that I'm still struggle with a lot, to be honest. So Mm. it's just like, I still have hangovers. It was not something that fixed everything in my life, but I would not go back like even right now. And I mean, I know that you know some of this, but just with some of the things going on in my personal life, I've been having some huge upheavals again, just like I did in 2018. But I now know because I've already been through it once and I lost myself to regain myself again and again, I'm like, this is another rebirthing time. And birth is painful, but it's also new life. And I have my sacred space. Like I, No matter what is going on in my life, and it's been absolutely batshit crazy, to be honest with you, I can always find at least 10 minutes, if not more than that, to go away and connect to myself and give myself some of the self-soothing and peace that I need. And sure, it may only last for a few minutes, but that's better than before where I had nothing. And it was constant terror and panic and projection. And I know that every time I return back to my practices, like I haven't been doing yoga, for instance, for um, some months. I just kind of got in a depressive spiral and I tried not to shame myself about it, you know, and Jamie and I. I Yeah, I've had the
0: same thing. Yeah. 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 I was doing yoga for ages and then I kind of got into a depressive.
1: Right. And then you're like, oh. I'm tense. Yeah. I, I can't do this pose yeah. the way I used to. Like all that, trust me, I'm yeah. I'm with you. But I, the other night I was like, my body needs me. They need movement from me. And that's how I got into yoga to begin with, to learn how to actually drop into my body and not live in my head. So I was like, all right. And I have like a little altar space in my room and not everyone has to have an altar, but I do have an ancestral altar. Um, set up. And I always do my yoga, my cards, meditation, um, whatever I feel led in front of it, because that space in my room always reminds me to wind down and slow down. Um, And I just kind of have conditioned my body and my brain to know, okay, when we're here, like you're here. And so I started doing yoga, had some music on, and I really felt some things that my body had been holding from the week, just like release. And I'm sitting there going, why do I not do this? Because every time I return to my sacred space in practice, it never fails me. It's always there because I chose it for me, you know? Mm. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: And, yeah, we all, and it's, that's the thing that I, I found in my journey and other people and hearing other people is we all have our own journeys and we all create our own kind of sacred spaces, which are ours Absolutely. and which work for us and um some things work for some people some people some things don't and and that's fine and it all belongs and it's all okay and right um as long as it obviously goes within ethical and moral grounds obviously mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. yeah um, and, and that's practice, something um, i've had to uncover in the spiritual community as well like me and one of my childhood friends who i actually reconnected with um here who was also very witchy and was trained in yoga in costa rica and like all this stuff like was doing this kind of work long before I was. And, you know, she realized, and we're both, you know, white people and she kind of realized, oh my God, like I've unwittingly, even though I thought I was really open and like super, you know, accepting of all, like some of the ways that I've employed these practices or appropriated them as my own from other cultures and things like that. She goes, you know, there's just, there's been some uncovering going on in like the holistic spiritual community of a lot of um, white people and especially white women, like kind of taking over these spaces. And so like, you have to call those things out. Like there is no community that is going to be picture perfect, obviously, but, and I've had to, you know, continue there's ways. And that's why I say like the second that anybody starts becoming like, and I even used to tell my clients this, cause I've had a few clients who I love dearly and they're such sweet friends of mine, but you know, because their tendency from their trauma and their background was, I'm going to come to you for everything because you know everything and you make me feel better. And, blah, 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 you know, like I kind of became their savior for them for a minute. And they like referred to me for everything, which, first of all, I don't have the bandwidth. Like I had to set boundaries with that. And I'm still learning how. But also, I was like, y'all, I am not the answer. I am not the alpha and omega. Some of this stuff, Like I can give you some ideas and some tools, but then you need to go and figure out how this works for you and report back and then we'll build from there. But I can't, I cannot be the one running the show and telling you the 12 step program to holiness or whatever you want. So I struggle with that a lot with my business because obviously to a certain point and, you know, and I know you've, you've had similar discussions with people about like, Being a small business owner, a creator, and trying. And that is the thing. At the end of the day, I'm a creative, and diving back into my spirituality has reawoken my creative space that I had long lost, honestly, because I was just doing music as a job. So I'm still healing my relationship to music. But, like, you know, I do tarot readings where I make personalized thrifted collages for people of mixed media things because I love thrifting. And as a child, I used to collage all the time. I thought it was fun. And so it became one of those things where the two combined because I was working on inner child healing and trying to go back to activities and Mm -hmm. things that made me feel like I did when I was a child because I also don't remember a lot of my past um, because of my trauma. So I've been trying to kind of rebuild it. Well, then one day I went, wow, you know, I wanted a way to stand out as a tarot reader. Obviously, like, Know people love my work, but like just in, in an advertising sense, let's say, I was like, I wanted to find something to make me stand out. And I was like, oh my gosh, like nobody's making collages based off of you and your reading. So it's like a visual vision board, kind of a reminder of like, hey, this is what went on in your reading. This was what was going on for you in this period of life, who you are, things like kind of like a Pinterest board, you know? So (laughs) I just ended up combining the two. And it's funny, it's my most popular service to this day. And it's a way that I get to still play and be creative with it. But I really struggle because, you know, things like social media isn't always the most helpful for small businesses as much as we try to make it be. And I also don't ever want to become more of a business than I am a person because that can get dangerous as well for me and for my clients. So like finding that balance of like rest and care and boundaries for myself, but also recognizing that I have to output to a certain extent to get people to book with me and do whatever like finding that balance and also not comparing myself to everyone around me is super hard and i'm sure you know you probably have that to speak to as well that's
0: it whenever you whenever you get into creative work and whenever you start following your voice whatever that leads Uh you um the comparison thing is always dangerous you know Uh especially for me when i I have kind of abandonment trauma i have rejection sensitive dysphoria. Uh, as well and so um it's much harder for me to to avoid getting right. triggered by that kind of thing you know um and obviously adhd which isn't treated so um i kind of had to kind of pause doing um i also think because, i
1: may be undiagnosed <laughs> with that too i've been trying, trying
0: to see. Like, I, I can't do tax and all of that kind of thing and all the yeah. all stuff just so I thought, okay, I'm going to wait till I get my diagnosis and medication and then maybe I'll go back there. But um, yeah. And I think the way, I think it, it, it's been so great hearing, hearing your story. And I think thank it's just so a, much.
1: it's so nice it's to talk a, about it and have the space. So thank you for facilitating that and being such a lovely listener.
0: <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And it, I think the lesson is that we all have our own story. We all have oh. our own path and um some of it will be uncertain and unknown and out of our control um but we but we can have agency and we can have choice uh and that we're not alone in that and that there's other people to help us along the way right um and i think that and that's that's that i've that's what i've learned on my journey that's that's what your journey is i think shows us as right. well and the people that you've worked with that you talk about um you know that's that's the path i mean the, the, I'll, I'll kind of finish actually. There's before I ask you to kind of close out with uh-huh. one more, one more question, but I just find it interesting that I had my a transcendent spiritual experience um, at a moment where I was where I just had my first tarot reading, where uh-huh. I've been doing yoga regularly for a few months. I was also a liturgical contemplative. Kind of uh, community where we did Celtic um, liturgies, and we did,
1: and I do a lot and, of, uh, of I do a lot of that as my uh spiritual craft, as like my, my actual witchcraft. Yeah. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah, and it was like when all of, it's just it was, I don't think it's a coincidence that all of those things were happening at the same time when I had that experience, and um, it just shows you that all these things can be connected and. Oh. Um, Absolutely, it's not like either or you know um and, <coughs> and, and it really is. it's
1: it's the ripple effect that's what my friend and i call it a lot because it's like you know we really do heal ourselves in order to help facilitate that healing in others so they can go on you know that's really the goal at the end of the day and um Yeah, I'm, you know, it's an everyday struggle. And I'm not going to say that like there aren't weeks where I'm totally off my game or I've done a ton of readings for clients and I haven't even taken one minute to sit down for myself and actually, you know, do a reading for me or, you know, like finding that balance of my own spiritual practice now with the demands of my work, which are, I love that I have that, you know, I mean, it's, I'm, I love that I'm actually doing something I enjoy that I've chosen. But yeah, finding, There's going to be ups and downs with it, just like everything else. And, you know, finding the grace um, and the patience with yourself to go, you know, or even realizing you may be relying on something too much. Like one of the rules that I've made for myself with tarot is if I'm very emotionally worked up in the moment, like I'm really pissed off or I'm hysterically crying or whatever, I'm probably not going to go pull my cards then because I have not regulated my body. Like, and it's okay if I feel those feelings and I make space for them. But I usually then will say, you know, okay, I've grounded myself now. I've had some emotions or done whatever I needed to do. Let's sleep on it next day when I'm a little more centered. Now let me pull these cards for myself. You know, you have to find your own boundaries with these things. And, you know, that may not work for you, but that's something that I've had to learn because sometimes people often ask me, well, how do you know if you're reading for yourself that it's not anxiety versus your intuition? And I always tell people, I'm like, you know, you know, when you know somebody, this is like a very, I always use this example. Let's say that like you've got a boyfriend and you know, they're cheating on you. Well, you may know that and have had the proof beyond a shadow of a doubt and it sucks to know it, but there's like this unspeakable calm that comes with that knowing because your intuitions like yep, I knew that and now I know what I have to do going forward. If you're just like paranoid and having all these moments of like fear and anxiety, which I do all the time. I'm a very paranoid person. It's something I have to work on a lot. But I find then I'm like that's usually my body and my anxiety kind of working together when there's not really anything to worry about, or it's not the thing I should be worried about. So I have, you know, I have to really do specific grounding exercises and that's something I teach as well with people for tarot. Um, just kind of, I teach people, I tutor them on how to start their own readings for themselves. Cause reading for yourself is definitely a hard business and it takes time, but just having patience in the process, just like with everything else. And, um, If you ever want me tutoring, (laughs) I'm happy to help you.
0: What's one one kind of brief word of encouragement, solidarity, wisdom that you want everyone to hear?
1: Oh, man. Um, Something that I tell people a lot, um, and it's definitely been true in my own life. um, The more you know yourself, the more you can create.
0: Love that. Yeah. I love that. That's it's, brilliant. It's, yeah. That is so true. <laughs> um, and uh, that's fantastic. I love that. What a brilliant way to end. Um, oh, thank and, you
1: so and much. where can people
0: find you online?
1: Yes, um, they can find me on Twitter. Uh, I don't really use TikTok much. It's confusing, but I'm working on it. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram are all cat with the cards. And it's cat with and, with, and then it's D-A, the cards. So they can all find me there.
0: Fantastic. Thank, thank you so you. much. Oh, and thank uh, you,
1: James. And I'm so excited to share this with everyone and see what else, you know, your, the rest of your podcast and what else comes up for you.
0: It's been yeah, a absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, maybe one day we'll have you back on. I think there's more we could probably talk about. So Anytime. Anyway. Just let me know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fantastic. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, take care of yourselves.